All right, well, welcome back. Glad to have you guys with us here today on this wonderful Thursday uh, afternoon and hope you're doing well. Um, I'm Bob, joined with Todd, and we are here for another episode of Pastor's Podcast. We are from Maranatha Bible Church in uh, Comstock Park, Michigan, just outside of Grand Rapids. We are continuing our series with uh, Family Matters, specifically talking about singles. Um, last week, we started uh, with a... A few questions that we got, a, uh, a bucket of questions that we had, good pulled questions. a couple out, very good questions, very excited to answer them. And we're going to continue on through that list, and most likely next week we'll finish it uh, with a few, and then moving on to more some, some of the family stuff. So uh, so we'll just start right in with the questions. Um, we'll look at uh, question number four here on our list, um, which is really, really good, and I think pertinent for our day and age. What... Uh, the question is, what physical boundaries are wise and or recommended in dating, especially when you're between your 20s and 30s? Um, and so we'll we'll start with that one, and then they kind of gave some a uh, little more specific questions on that. So somebody comes up, says, hey, Todd, I'm, you know, I'm 32 years old. Uh, I just started in a relationship with, with somebody who's, you know, 30 years old. What do you, what do you tell them about boundaries? <coughs> Well, so the question here is physical boundaries, and um, I, I don't think it's an age-graded issue. Mm. So it really doesn't matter if you're in your teens or your mid-20s or your early 30s. Mm. I think the biblical principles are, are still the same. So uh, I, I, let's assume you've got two believers. I think the question here is you've got two believers mm -hmm. interested in dating each other. What are the physical boundaries um, where you would draw some of the lines. And I would say you can go to extremes on this issue. You know, you can be, you can be so, um, so, uh, so conservative maybe is the word, or so concerned about this that you kind of freak out about even normal situations mm -hmm. where it's okay. You can interact there. It's, there's nothing wrong. You can talk to that person and, and um, you know, maybe, maybe at times be alone and, and still be a man or a woman of integrity. Uh, all the way to the other side of this spectrum where, you know, you're, you're so legalistic about this that you're deciding whether you should hold hands this way or the interlocking finger method. And, well, you know, interlocking fingers only for married couples. Okay, so well, that, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> you can be so legalistic about this right. that that you you miss the heart. Right. So somewhere between those two extremes, you're dealing with a heart issue. And so the issue is, what are you going to do to protect your purity? And what are you going to do to protect the other person's purity? Mm. So if you're the man in the relationship, that's your responsibility. You have to protect the purity of that relationship. And as the spiritual leader someday of, of a relationship, whether it's that relationship or not, that's the man's responsibility. And I think he needs to, to be the one that really follows biblical principles. And we've gone over these before. Ephesians 5, let there be no hint of immorality, right? And so that's the standard. Is there, there not even should be a hint of immorality in that relationship prior to marriage. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I don't know, what are thoughts you have? Yeah, I think when we first start at the heart, um, if, you're a, if you're a woman, and you're thinking about being with a man, and he's slack in those areas. Those something that you should say, "Hey, wait a minute, why is he slack in these areas?" Mm. And you can ask him, "Hey, you know, are you because he is potentially going to be your protector?" And so you want to know, "Hey, if you're slack in these areas now, 
uh, what is it going to be like when we get married? Um, and don't be don't be afraid to to bring that up. But you need to also look at what are what is your goal for dating? What is your goal for courtship or being engaged? Uh, it should be to find out about the godliness of the individual, uh, how they care for their own soul, is then going to be indicative of how they care for your soul. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think some biblical principles, one that always comes to my mind, First Thessalonians 5, uh, and we see uh, verse 22, abstain from every form or abstain from every appearance of evil. And I think it's important that instead of laying down, you know, like, Here's what you can and can't do. And, and people like that because it's easy. Um, you know, don't hang out with each other past 6 o'clock. Don't, you know, ride in a car together without a third person in there. And, and while those may be some good practical things, it's it's negating the heart of the thing. Yeah. So if you can look at it and you say, hey, my girlfriend and I or my boyfriend and I, it's going to look evil if we're together doing this thing. And people are going to perceive it one way. Then you need to ask yourself, what's the heart behind what we're doing, why we're doing? Yeah. And, um, you know, we can't always... We can't always make people see things the way we want it to be seen. So that, to an extent, is out of our hands. But at the same time, we do have an obligation to make sure uh, our Christian conduct is in such a way that we're not bringing reproach upon Christ, first and foremost, but then also, um, you know, making sure we're maintaining a standard of purity to the onlooking world. Yeah. And I would just add to that, the, the scriptural standard, 1 Corinthians 6.18, is flee immorality. Flee immorality. It doesn't say see how close you can get. It doesn't see right. how far can you go without, you know, crossing the line. That, 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 those are the wrong questions to be asking. I agree. The right questions to be asking are, how can I be holy in this relationship? So you'll, you'll put whatever physical boundaries need to be in place in order for you to protect your own purity and, and to flee it if necessary. Yeah, the only other, the only other thing I would add is uh, in that Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 8 is looking at the weaker brother. Yeah. So you may... You may be strong in your convictions. The person you're dating may be strong in their convictions. And you may, may be able to do things together that another couple can't do, that doesn't look evil and whatever. But another couple looking at you saying, well, if they're doing that, it must be okay. So we can do that. And then they end up doing it, but they end up falling into sin. Sure. Now, their, their ultimate heart response isn't your responsibility because they're accountable for their own sin. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to make sure that they're setting an example that maybe if you don't do something, you're going to help your brother. So we have the liberty to say no in order to help further our brother's sanctification. Yeah. 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 So um, I guess that would be kind of where we fall. You talked about the two extremes. Um, then one of the other questions is where is it reasonable to be alone with your boyfriend and girlfriend? Um, and, you know, this is a pretty direct question, and I would probably default back to what you said at the beginning, looking at the heart of the issue, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and another question that kind of goes along with that that's given here is should Christ Christians who are dating not travel together pre-marriage or not be alone in any circumstance? So, Again, you're into some some realms where it's easy to be legalistic here. Um, I mean, can a dating couple drive in the car together and take a trip up north for a few hours and come back? And well, that, that's a hard issue. Right. Can you do that? Well, of course you can do that. Right. Can you maintain your purity and do that? Then there's no issue with that. Right. Um, now you're into another category, though, when you start talking about traveling together, staying together, um, traveling for multiple days together, as if you're a married couple, 
without right. the commitment, right. now you're in a situation where your, your purity might likely be compromised. Right. So the answer to the question, should you travel together? I think what, it depends on what you mean by travel together. If it means like doing things like married people do, hmm. well, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Right. But if you can spend a day dating and enjoying a day together, and again, it just really comes down to, is your heart able to handle the temptations that might come from a situation? And a wise, godly person, man or woman, is going to say, you know what, if I get in that situation, I don't trust my heart. Mm. So I'm going to keep myself out of that situation because I know my fleshly impulses would likely... um, drive me to engage in sin that I don't want to engage in. So I'm going to avoid that situation. Mm. And that's just wise biblical Christianity. Right. So, yeah, I think it really comes down to what, what are you, what, what is your heart longing to do and guarding that heart in the midst of that? Yeah, and, and I think as you were speaking, um, not just from a morality standpoint, but it's a question we talked about last week is how can a woman protect their heart? If you are taking those day trips, you may not be falling like into immorality but you may be giving your heart to a guy who's not ready for it that's true and so you're a woman who is more apt to give her heart earlier on than a man is if he said hey let's go shopping for the day at i don't know wherever i don't shop so (laughs) wherever people shop uh you know they go or whatever it is that they're doing and she's like oh he wants me to go with him. He must be really into me. Yeah. And she's like, yes, of course. But to him, he's like, I saw some shoes on sale that I really wanted, you know, or something yeah. like that. And so even yeah. protecting your heart from giving it away too quickly, so then you're not in those areas. But then, as you said as well, like if those things you're able to do, it's it's a heart because ultimately, the you're you're going to find a way to get through every boundary and border and thing that you set up. Yeah. If your heart is wicked, it's going to drill right through those borders Absolutely. and it's going to get what it wants to get. It's like the, it's, I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's like the guy who comes to us struggling with lust mm. and says, help me with this. And he, he wants to put all these boundaries in place and filters and, you know, and that's all good stuff. Right. But the bottom line is that if his heart's craving it, None yeah. of that stuff's going to matter. Nothing's going to matter. And so this is the similar situation. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I hope that help is helpful, um, looking at boundaries and dating. And then the next question, um, <laughs> this is, uh, uh, maybe this question is becoming more common. I don't know. What should you do if you're one of the only singles in church? And the, the question is based upon, you mentioned in a previous podcast, that you should not leave the church for the sake of dating, which they said we are all in agreement with. <laughs> But how do you practically go from single to married if there aren't any men in the church? And then adding on to that question uh, would be, what are your thoughts on online dating or dating apps? Huh. Yeah, it's a good one. Good I, one. I think, uh, I think that's good. You know, you look around the church and you're like, man, I'm one of the only singles or we're not getting an influx of single people. Maybe there's 50 single people, but they all kind of look at each other like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you do? What do you tell somebody, Todd? They're coming to you and they're saying, hey, pastor, I'm I'm swimming in a sea of fish, but we're all just different fish. (laughs) Got limited options. Got limited options. Where do I go? What do you tell them? I think there's there's other places you can meet singles. Uh, I mean, if, if that's your home church... And you're just convinced the Lord wants you to be there, and that's your church, church family, and and you're using your gifts there, and you're being fed there, and, and you're serving there, and that's a good church. 
if, if the one thing you're struggling with is I'm just not sure there's enough potential mates here, I don't think that's the reason to leave a church. Right. Um, there's other things you can do. You can you can meet other people, other other places. There's um, you know there's other churches that may have a singles group that perhaps you just want to frequent, or um, there's other places you can connect with with people. Mm. Um, but I would say this: I think the tendency of a person in that situation is to think, you know what, man, I'm there's just limited opportunities here, few few potentials. I, I really need to help God out here. Mm, yeah. I, I need to, God, God doesn't have a lot to work with here, so I need to go put myself in situations where he's going to be able to create more opportunities for me. And I think at the bottom of that issue is perhaps a lack of trust in the Lord. Mm. I mean, do you believe that God can sovereignly bring you a spouse if you're in a smaller church? And I firmly believe he can and will. Right. So no, it doesn't mean you always have to stay locked into that church. And no, maybe not necessarily. But listen, do we believe in the sovereignty of God? Do we believe in the goodness of God? I think of Psalm 84, 11, For the Lord is the sun and the shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Mm. And there's no asterisk there. It doesn't say, except for those who are in a small church. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, it says, the, the, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So what's the issue? Walk uprightly. Be a godly person and trust the Lord to bring you your spouse at the right time. And I know many, many people who met their spouse in a smaller church. I know we were just talking here. I think we came up with a half a dozen people in our church that uh, were married here, met people here. And, uh, you know, we have a, a sea of, you know, 300 whatever people, I mean, obviously they're not all single, um, but uh, even with that, I mean, people coming in and meeting each other and yeah, and you doing their wedding and... Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think you need to necessarily think, man, I've really, I've really got to help God out in this situation. I think you can, you can faithfully serve, you can love your church, you can give yourself to the body of Christ there and, and fully engage in that body life. And then just watch the Lord work. Yeah, so I think what you're saying is you're asking the wrong question. Instead of asking the question, how can I meet people, which the practical side, find the dating apps. And I'm too old to have done all those things, right? <laughs> I was old-fashioned. But, uh, you know, the, the apps and the websites, and, and fine, like whatever's out there. But the question is, am I, you know, Matthew 6.33, am I seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Yeah. Or am I seeking a spouse first? So what is the intentions and motives? And I think that goes back to last week where we talked about, you know, that godly person is just going to be running that course. They're going to be seeking the Lord. They're going to be doing his work. Then they're going to look to their left or their right or whatever. They're going to see that other person coming alongside of them. Yeah. And then God's going to bring them in there. Yeah. Um, so first of all, is that your priority? Secondly, and I think what you said was great, The uh, are you trusting the Lord, right? So uh, like you read Psalm 84, uh, withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. I think of uh, Proverbs 3, do not lean or trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Good. So my understanding is, hey, there's five single people. Obviously, this is exhausted, so exhaustive, so... I must have to go somewhere else. Right. So that's your understanding. That's not God's understanding. Exactly. Um, and then the Bible also says that he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. So if your heart truly desires to be married, it's not like God's up there saying, oh, man, look at that one suffer. I know they want to get married, <laughs> but this is too good to give them a husband or a wife, right? <laughs> too um, bad they're in that church. Yeah, too bad they're in that church. Uh, and so, yeah, that, I don't think God's doing that. So it certainly is a refining time as you're waiting. 
anyone will tell you, man or woman, as you're waiting for their spouse. Um, but the thing that I've often heard as well is for those who have had to wait, um, what we would say is an extended period of time, but in God's economy, it's, it is the right timing. Yeah. But that's a refining time in their own life. Absolutely. And they found their identity in Christ. They found ministry at church they could do. Yeah. And then lo and behold, they found somebody to do it with. Yeah, and I, I, maybe I've mentioned this before, but God is as interested in, in the process as he is the product. Absolutely, yeah. So in this case, the, the, the question here is, the product is marriage mm -hmm. or a potential spouse. And that's a good thing to desire, but God is as interested in the process he's taking you through to bring you your potential spouse. That's right. And so, as you said, th there's a lesson to be learned in waiting on the Lord. There's a lesson to be learned in really trusting the Lord. I know a lot of Christians who say they trust the Lord, but when the rubber meets the road, they don't. They don't. Yeah. So maybe what God is doing is he's putting some feet to your Mm. statement that you trust the Lord. Well, That's do you good. trust the Lord? And do you wait on the Lord? So God doesn't waste anything. So that's why I mean that God can and is working even in that situation, which seems futile or hopeless to you. No, God's still at work there. Yeah. So, and then the other question related to that, what are your thoughts on online dating and dating apps? I would just say, well, it's a vehicle. It's something that may work. It may not work, mm. but you might be able to meet your spouse through that. I know of Christians who've met their spouse and it's worked out wonderful. There's people in our church who yep. met online and they're doing great and their marriage is wonderful and it's solid. And I know other people who've, who've uh, used that service and they it, it isn't going well. Burned. It crashed and burned. Yeah. I mean, they didn't know each other well. And that's the pitfall of that kind of scenario is you don't see them in church. You don't see them really interacting with other believers. It's just kind of this online profile where you present the best of who you are. Of course, and it's the best. They're not whitewash <laughs> it. And, you know, and, and so you have to be very careful that you uh, don't get yourself in a situation where you marry someone or date someone that you don't really know who they are. So, but again, it's just the, it's just the vehicle. That, that's just the vehicle that gets you to meeting someone. It's their character and your heart and your character and their heart. That's the issue that needs to be addressed and worked through. So yeah. I'd say, sure, try it, but perhaps, but you got to be very cautious. Yeah. And the bigger issue is who are you and who are they in the Lord? Yeah, I, I'd just be careful about what you're putting out there as well because you create a profile. Yeah. And so that's that's that first look. Instead of sitting out and meeting somebody for the first time, your first interaction is very static. They just yeah. read what it is and then they're making an assumption based on that on who you are and you're doing the same. So, yeah. yeah. Like you say, it could work either way. It's just a vehicle. Exactly. Uh, and so then this next one, uh, how do you lovingly but clearly let someone know you're not interested in, in them <laughs> on both sides? Uh this is, uh, uh, we don't want to lead somebody into false hope, but at the same time, we don't want to hurt the individual. We want to be clear. Um, so uh, that's a good question. You're dating somebody, kind of the scenario. You're dating somebody, maybe it's been a couple dates, maybe it's been a couple months, and you're kind of like, eh, I, don't, I don't really see my, myself with this person any long term. And you want to be a person of stand-up character, so you don't want to just lead them along. But at the same time, you, know, you also don't want to make them feel bad. Uh, so how do you how do you go about that conversation? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and it's it's really not that complicated, right? It's, right. You, you just need, you just need to tell them. Yeah. You just need to speak the truth. So I get the question, and it's honorable to to not hurt someone, especially if they're a brother or sister in Christ, especially in the same church. You don't want to do anything to to hurt that person and maybe disrupt that fellowship within the body. That, that's a noble thing, I think, but. 
you just have to tell the truth. Ephesians 4 says, speak the truth in love. Yeah. So you just need to say, say it straight up and you need to be kind about it and gracious about it. And you need to do your best to not let that disrupt the fellowship that you have in the church and don't let it become awkward and weird and now you avoid each other. Because that's what can happen. Yeah. You've got all oh, these people dated and these people dated. Now we have two factions in the church of those who dated and failed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't want Which that. Which doesn't work out well. No, no. It's still the church. It's still the body. All <laughs> yeah. the one another still apply and the that's unity right. principles all still apply. So you have to guard your heart against being you know, awkward and weird about that. But you just need to, just you need to be honest. Yeah. I think uh, for a man, you need to not lead a woman along. Because I think uh, men can tend to be oblivious to the fact that they're actually leading a woman to thinking that they want to get married by saying things or mannerisms or whatever. And a woman picks up on that and they're thinking oh, we're getting married. And then you got a man who's like, what? Oh, no, that's <laughs> not what I meant at all. Right. So as, as a man, if you see a lady and you, you don't want to pursue marriage with her, I would say just let her know. Like just have the decency to say, hey, look, I don't think this is going anywhere. Um, and for a woman, I would say this is the one time she can initiate this. Um, so she shouldn't just be strung along, um, but she should be able to say, hey, look, I don't, I don't see this going anywhere. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you don't want it to be awkward. You're both adults. Um, you're both Christians first and foremost. So as you said, treat each other such, and, uh, but have enough, enough love to just say, hey, I'm, I, uh, I respect you, and, and, but I just don't see this going anywhere. Yeah. Take them to a public place so that way they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just honesty. Just right? honesty. We just, we just speak truth to one another. We don't beat around the bush. We don't, uh, don't kind of try to speak in veiled terms. That, 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 that never works out well. Yeah. So we need to speak the truth to one another. Yeah, I actually read this great thing, uh, um, speaking to your children about um, sex or sexual activities. And the principle was, it's only weird because you make it weird. Yeah. It's a normal process of life. So if you just go in and it's not weird to you, like, I don't see myself getting married to you. So I'm going to be honest and tell you, I don't see myself getting married to you. It's only awkward if you make it awkward. Yeah. But if you just go in like, I'm doing this because I love you as a brother or sister in Christ, then it's not going to be awkward. Yeah. And I would say even to the guy who's perhaps interested in dating a girl, but not interested in seeing if she's a potential spouse, he's probably got the wrong motives. Probably got the wrong It goes motives. back to what we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm. What's the goal of dating? It's to test the waters for marriage. So I would be very cautious with a guy who, who is not very clear on his intentions. And to the men, I would say, men, you need to declare your intentions. Yeah. You know, you talk about the DTR, define the relationship, and that sometimes gets a bad rap. Right. But I think there's some wisdom in that. What, yeah. what are your intentions here? Is this just a casual, fun, flippant kind of relationship? That's probably not a relationship that's going to honor the Lord. Yeah. So yeah, if you be, just want somebody to get milkshakes with... <laughs> Although I like milkshakes. I do like milkshakes. <laughs> uh, so then the final question, we'll wrap it up in the next five minutes or so. Um, is it appropriate, and I'll make sure I get this question right. Is it appropriate to let someone who's dating someone else know that you're interested in them? This person actually, uh, oh, so it would be if you're dating somebody, but they're interested in somebody else. Can those two people talk to say that they're interested in each other, and, and but then they're still dating this other person here? So it's a love triangle, essentially, uh, when you break it down. So, um, uh, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, you know, we, talk, we talked about this earlier, um, and, and I would say once again, if, uh, how can I phrase this to make sure it makes sense? Because uh, clarity is what we just talked about, right? right? right. So, uh, if you're 
And if you're a woman dating a man, and as a woman, you find another man attractive and you don't want to be, or you find another man you want to be with instead of the one that you're with, the initiative you can take is to stop the relationship with this one. Yeah. But the initiative you can't take, at least I wouldn't uh, advise it, is then to go and ask that one. Because it goes back to what we talked about last week. Who initiates. Who initiates. That man should be initiating with you. So it may just be a one-way infatuation. And I would say, first and foremost, make sure the person you're with is really the person you don't want to be with. Because the last thing you want to do is dump this guy, hope this guy wants you, this guy doesn't want you, and now you're coming back to this, and now you've got this mess of a, you know, you're talking like soap operas and Dallas, right, and right. all that kind of stuff. You don't want that. So I would say, first and foremost, make sure you're not trusting your heart, but you're looking as this person I can't be with, and as a woman, waiting for him to come and talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess as a man, if that's not the woman you want to be with, be a man and tell the woman it's not the one you want to be with. Yeah. Um, or if you want another man's woman, right? <laughs> that's what they're talking about. Right. Um, can you go and approach that woman and say, hey, I think you need to be with me? It's been done. It has been done. Um, I know of a few individuals, yeah. couples that have been married <laughs> for decades where that was the case. Yeah, so. I, they're not. If they're not married, I would say the caveat is this. I'm not saying yes or no, but if they're not married, there is no eternal relationship <laughs> that nope, can be broken. No covenant. There's there. no covenantal commitment. So I would say if they're not married, um, if you want to go and talk to them and test the waters, perhaps that's good. But I would say once again, going back to the motives of the heart, are you doing it to just get that girl away from that guy? Or do you really see yourself married to that girl that you're now trying to take away from the guy? And then what are the repercussions if she says, you're a creep, stop doing this? <laughs> Obviously, that's a decision you have, to, you have to bathe in prayer. Right. That can't be a flippant thing where you just, yeah. on a whim, do that because you're infatuated. That, that's got to be, you're, you're seeking the Lord on that issue. You're getting counsel from other people on that issue. You're praying about that issue. But in the cases I'm thinking of, I mean, I'm thinking of one in particular where the guy said to the woman who was dating another guy, I'm not sure that's the guy you want to be with. <laughs> he sowed seeds of doubt in her mind, and they've been married for 60 years. Well, there you go. So I'm not saying that's the model, right, 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 but, right. you know, you have to bathe <clears throat> those things in prayer and be godly about it. Um, but it has been done. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, really, and I actually like what you said, and I think looking at all of these the little phrase that you said, seek godly counsel, um, as you are going forward with these things, it's so helpful. And I think understated in our modern culture that you need to go to people who have been through these things to ask them questions. Yeah. Um, as you've said, we have people who have met online. We have people who have been married 50 plus years. We, we have a wide spectrum of individuals who cover all of the various dating things, marriage things, newly married, you know, all the way up to the, to the many decades. And so before making these decisions, realize you're not the first person to make it. Learn from other people's mistakes and then say, hey, how can I do this better? Or what mistakes can I look out for? Or do you advise me going forward and it's not it's not a lording like no don't do this and no don't do that or yes here's the one you're to marry but it's learning from the past taking yeah. advantage of the resources that God's given yeah. you and you have to be careful that jealousy doesn't drive that mm. if jealousy is the motive behind that, that God's not going to bless that yeah so if it's jealousy infatuation mere worldly attraction if if that's all you're 
motivated by in that situation, that, that's not going to work out well. Yeah. So it has to be a godly motivation. Yeah, don't don't just try to get the girl away to see if you could do it. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I mean, exactly. This is obviously all going back to the number one thing, which is looking at Christian character. Yeah. So if you're a woman who's in the in that situation where you're with a guy and another guy is coming upon you to try and draw you away, you got to look at that guy's character first. What is he like? Why is he doing this? What are the yeah. motives behind it? So. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. Well, that's it uh, for these questions uh, for today. We'll wrap up with this next week. We'll. F- finish the series with two more questions uh, as we uh, as we uh, kind of wrap things up. So I hope that was helpful for you guys. Um, if you have any other questions that we can help you out with uh, family-wise, single-wise, uh, we're more than happy to try and tackle them to the best of our ability. Yeah. So uh, otherwise, hope you guys have a good rest of the week, and uh, we'll see you soon.